man, why are we the way that we are? <laughs> why, are why are we the way that we are? Like, why is Boomerang like this? Like, there's some, I can just imagine somebody coming in from a traditional North American church and being like, that challenges me, that challenges me, that challenges me, that challenges me. And it's like, why would you do that? Because logically, that's not how you build a church. <laughs> logically, that's not how you build a church. But it is the way that Jesus builds the church. In Matthew 16, 18, he says, on this rock, I will build my church. And that rock was the rock of revelation that he is the Christ, which means he is the anointed one. In other words, on his anointing and the flow of his anointing and that Jesus is that anointed one, that chosen one to bring that anointing, that's the foundation of the church. And that's what he's going to build his church on. Thank you, sir. And uh, that's what he's going to build his church on. And so you see that the anointing is very important. It's not just words. We're going to look at this a little bit later, but I think it's 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. Uh, you can put that up, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. It says, but the kingdom of God doesn't come in words. The kingdom of God is not words, but power. So in other words, if you're just representing God with words, but not with demonstration and power, you're not representing the kingdom. Did you, did you feel that? <laughs> if you're just talking about it, you're not representing the kingdom. You got to have power and demonstration. There's got to be results. There's got to be fruitfulness. And so the issue is that the church has, the church in America has bought the lie that just having numbers that give money is, is a church. That's not a church. That could be just a social club. You can have a satanic club that does that. Right. That doesn't make it a church just because you build numbers. Right. What makes a church a church is because people are being set free by the power of God because the anointing and the power is let loose. The anointing and the power is let loose. That's why I was, I was telling somebody, oh, over the weekend we had uh, Lead 23 with Pastor J.B. Whitfield and I taught a couple of classes. One was on tapping the power of culture and I'm going to share with you a couple of things right here before we get into the message. Because why are we like this? Like, why are we like this? We know that this puts pressure on people's flesh, their corrupted flesh, on their habits, on their comfortableness. If you can say we're ambassador, I can say that. All right. And uh, with, yeah, I got to say it. I, I wasn't as confident. So maybe anyway, we know that it puts pressure on. But why do you do it? Because culture is very important. But I taught a class uh, on tapping the power of culture. And man, the power of God showed up. The anointing showed up. People were crying in the class. I'm like, I'm talking about culture. People are crying. Why? Because the Lord was moving. The power of God was moving in their heart, right? Then I taught a class uh, avoiding murder and burnout in ministry. That's always good to avoid. Good plan. And uh, people are like, I mean, they were signing up for a class just to see if I'd backslid. So... <laughs> <laughs> but avoiding, what I was basically talking about is avoiding burnout with people. And that's what we're going to talk about on the broadcast tomorrow is avoiding burnout with people. Has, has people ever burned you out? 
There's been, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a whole bunch of head nods and eye rolls right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, apparently that's a thing. And uh, I had a full class. Well, guess what? Even in that class, the anointing started showing up. There's people crying under the power of God. Life's lifted up. Uh, one lady told uh, Pastor Nicole, she said, I feel like 25 pounds of weight just lifted off me. When she told that story, several people around her went and said, pray for me real quick. I, I need 25 pounds gone too. Amen. I was like, that's, I don't, I don't think that that's, yeah, how many times can I get prayer? <laughs> You don't need that. <laughs> You'll take the weight lifted, but not the physical weight lifted. I understand. Hush up, buddy. <laughs> Everybody else doesn't have that problem. <laughs> no, that's uh, it, it's different people have different metabolisms. Amen. And different people work out and others don't. And different people eat the wrong stuff. But it's uh, anyway, it was funny. But the weight of life had was lifted off. Why? What was it broken by? The anointing. We need to be people that carry the anointing. So look at this real quick. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7 and 8. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7 and 8. And I want you to see this because why are we this way? Why do we? Because the thing is, many of you are going to bring people to visit Boomerang. And when you bring a guest in that's expecting a traditional North American church and they see this, their flesh is going to be uncomfortable. Truthfully, the only ones who are going to stick are the ones that are hungry and humble. They're the only ones that are, or they're honorable to the Lord. They're the only ones that are going to stick. And we know that that's who we're looking for. That's, that's who we're looking for. Like, it's like the Marines had a statement. We're looking for a few good men. We're not looking for everybody. We're looking for a few good men that'll say, they'll say, hey, I'm hungry for God and I'm humble enough to get my thinking out of the way and hear what this word says about it. Right. I want to hear what God says about it. And because doesn't the word say, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. That includes this man, your own person. Right. Because you can lie to yourself. And you can be walking in falsehoods you think are truth, but that word is truth. He says, thy word is truth. That's scripture. And the truth that we walk in, if we continue in his word, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. But we got to continue in his word. And so you, you got to understand that you're going to bring people in and they're, they're used to seeing a regular North American church. And they don't realize this is what they need. There's plenty of preaching out there, but is that, think about that. There's more preaching available right now than ever before, than ever before. I mean, with YouTube and the different, I mean, you got access to preaching. How come the moral compass of the world keeps going down then? Because it's not just words that you need. Because the kingdom's not just in words, the kingdom's in power. They don't just need words and logic, they need power. I shift, I sense my message shifting as I speak. We don't just need words, we don't just need logic, we need power. 
We need power. And so when you bring somebody in here and they're not used to that because the American church has drifted so far away from the power of God, moved into having their ears tickled and just a message of words. And, and we've talked about it before. If you haven't seen this message, you need to see this. Uh, two different messages is, am I in the wrong church or what? how do I find the right church? And the flow of knowledge. The flow of knowledge. Because this is a major error in the church is we've turned the church into a logic hub, but not a power hub. A hub of logic mic drop moments but not a hub of power and the kingdom's not in words therefore logic it's in power and we got to see that and understand that and and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because if you don't get this and then when your friends come and they're like yeah that's not the church for me understand the majority of them are going to be like that but just like the Marines, we're looking for people because we know this is what this church is designed to do. This church is not designed to coddle the flesh. Oh, I see your corrupted flesh and it's deceiving you. And yeah, just it'll be okay here for a while. No, 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 no. The anointing that runs in this place is going to put its finger right on that thing on the exposed open nerves of your flesh and then it's going to be like oh I see this let me rip it out of there and pound on it a little while because the flesh and the spirit see it's the spirit of the Lord that leads to liberty and freedom not the spirit of the corrupted flesh and so you have so many churches that are coddling the flesh. And it's like, well, pastor, you don't need to preach that long. Says who? Like, what scripture is that? What's, would you give me a scripture on that? Because I can give you several scriptures where they preached all night. I mean, the dude fell out the window, died. They brought him back to life. You would think that's a great place to end this service. No, Paul just keeps on preaching till sunrise. <laughs> it's true. And then, in, and then in Acts, you know, they're sitting there, Acts 5. And then Ananias and Sapphira get this really dumb fleshly idea. They're going to lie to the Holy Ghost. They're having a service. They're having a service. Ananias comes in, lies to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit calls him on it, you know, in this age of grace. And he dies right there in the middle of church. They don't even stop church there. They, the dudes, you know, it's like, I, I forget. I, you think about those old cartoons where the ants are like, they pick the thing up and march them out. That's how I see the, that's how I see the disciples, you know, calling up the ushers right there. The deacons, you know, doom, 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 and they take, the, take his body out, bury him. And then they keep on going. And like three hours later, Sapphira comes in. She, she says, lies to the Holy Ghost too. She said, you'll be buried with your husband. Boom. And then, you know, I can just see the, the deacons again, dun, 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 picking her up, taking her out. As far as we know, that service is still going on. Like, so my point is, who 
said that you got to get out at noon? Like, if you get out at noon here, you know Jesus visited this place. You know Jesus visited this place. Most churches start at 11, get out at noon. We start at 10. If you get out at noon, you're like, glory to God. Like, who are all these people at the restaurant? Where'd they come from? Because now you have to fight all the other denominational churches that got there at 1210. Yeah, I'm just doing you. Which is better, waiting on the waiters and waitresses or hearing the word of God? Right. Might as well, you know, that's like when people are in line, like every time y'all watch, <laughs> we, we have a, a potluck or we have a covered dish. I always called them covered dishes, but everybody's calling them potlucks now. And it all, it's almost turned me and I'm, I'm a little sad about that. But if we have a covered dish, you watch everybody's in line. They're like in line to get, you know, they're slaves to their stomach anyway, you know, and um Remember what I said about the flesh thing a second ago? That, that was one of those. Or the Holy Ghost let me, you know, fasting. What's fasting? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Holy Spirit's like messing. Messing with people. Anyway, so he's like, he's like eh, just bringing it up. Just something to think about. No big deal. Just, hey. Anyway. So anyway, people are in line at a covered dish and they're, they're in line to get it. You watch me. I'll just go sit down in the corner. <laughs> like, I am not fighting that line. I'm not standing there where I don't have to. I'm relaxed. And the same way here, it's like, I'm not going to fight out there with all the other churches at, at the restaurant. I'm going to just relax in the Lord. It'd be better to do that anyway. I'm just eat some food that they don't know about. You see? So, and why is that important? Why is it important for us to hold that culture? Why is it important for us to hold that culture, even though we know logically that's not how you build a logical church? Now, see, we can't just say, well, we just want a small church. No, put up uh, Proverbs 14, 28. You can't say that because it says this. It says, in a multitude is a king's glory. In a multitude is the king's glory. But in a dearth of people or a lack of people is a prince's ruin. So I can't read that verse and believe to just have a small church. But I got to know what God builds a church on where it's genuine and foundational and not just, not just a bunch of people. Because you can have a bunch of people, but that doesn't make it a church. You can even have church on, on the name on the sign. That doesn't make it a church. What makes it a church is one that's walking in truth. The, the, Timothy says this. I think it's 1 Timothy 3.15. It says that the church is the pillar of truth. It's upholding truth. So if the kingdom of God is not in words... But in power, and I don't represent power, am I upholding truth? And therefore, I'm not fulfilling what I should see as to be a requirement to be the church. So a church that's not walking in power is missing one of the requirements. They're missing the foundation and they're missing what the Holy Spirit said. The foundation is the anointing. The anointing is power. Yeah. 
Then you see that he said it's the pillar of truth. And truth is the kingdom of God is not just in words and logic, but in power. Why? Because words and logic builds a fleshly kingdom. But the power of God that I can't produce on my own builds a heavenly kingdom. And so if I move off of that and I change our culture to be fleshly acceptable, then I'm literally killing the vision of the church. And, and watch this. Because in 2 Peter, I, I said go there a second ago, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. You're going to see in those verses, three times the Holy Spirit calls Lot righteous. Three times he calls Lot and his thoughts righteous. Now this is God speaking when he talks about Lot. Lot is righteous, according to the Holy Ghost here in 2 Peter. Lot's righteous, but he lives in a culture that's unrighteous. Now, what is, go ahead and put that up when you get 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8. There you go. So, and just keep this up. And you see that, see right there where it says, if he rescued who? Righteous, Righteous Lot. So, if, if you put that in today's terms, it, it's not, but if you drew a parallel to what the concept we're talking about, he's born again. He knows God. He's righteous. But he's not living in that place. Now, what, is the, what did Jesus say? If you go out into the world, you, you go to a house and you release what into it? Peace. You release peace into that house. If it's received, then enter into that house and you can stay there. But if that peace is not received, shake the dust off your feet and move on to the, to the place that will receive it. Shake the dust off your feet and move on to the place that will receive it. So here's Lot in a culture that was not accepting the peace of God. What should Lot have done? He should have left that culture. He should have moved on. And why he stayed, I don't know. You can speculate about that. But he should have moved on and he should have either created the culture of heaven or found a place of the culture of heaven. First yeah. Corinthians 4, 20. What's the culture of heaven? It's not in word. It's not in logic. But what's the culture of heaven? Power. Power. What's the culture of the foundation stone of the church? Power, the anointing, the anointing. And so you see, this is supposed to be the culture. All right, so now that you understand that that culture is important, we're going to look at a couple of other things. But notice here in this verse, even though Lot's righteous, he's in the wrong culture. He has a vision. Would you, could we say from this, Lot has a vision for culture? I mean, a vision for righteousness. Can we say that? He's righteous. He's got a vision for righteousness. Did he see his vision fulfilled there? No. What we see is that even though he's righteous, he's oppressed. He's righteous, but oppressed. Go on to the next verse, verse 8. He, he says, for by what he saw and heard, this righteous man, Lot, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented. So even though he's righteous, 
And even though he thinks righteously, he is living in oppression and torment. Even though he's righteous. So there's many Christians that are righteous, but they've not changed and maintained the, the culture of heaven. And because they haven't maintained the culture of heaven, their vision is completely killed. They're tormented and oppressed by it. I just defined many of your lives, including my own, until we started changing culture. And I want you to see his culture completely shattered his righteous vision. His culture that he allowed himself to stay in, he didn't knock the dust off his feet, shattered that. So let me ask you something. Is culture important? Yes. Pastor J.B. Whitfield says this, culture eats vision for breakfast. Culture eats vision for... So you can have a great vision, but if you don't have the right culture, then it, you will never fulfill that vision until you change culture. So I don't need to revert back to a culture of word and lo logic. I need to stay in a culture of the anointing and power. Can you see that? All right, now, what you'll see, I want, let me give you another example of this. The Israelites, when they come out of Egypt, what's their vision? Their vision is go into the promised land, receive the promise of God. But as soon as their leader goes away, the culture of the Israelites, the culture of their mindset came out. They immediately built a golden calf. They're, they're worshiping strange gods. As soon as the leader steps out, as soon, soon as that accountability of leadership steps out, steps out, their culture went right back. So they never received the culture change. Did they enter the vision of the promise? No. Their culture killed that vision. How many people know that the vision of God for every believer is released in his word that says he's always leading you to triumph in Christ? Every promise is yes and amen. He's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. The kingdom of God's not in word, but in power. Paul said, I didn't come to you in convincing words of man's wisdom and logic. I came to you in demonstration and power. You notice that Paul was challenged a few times in his ministry too. You know, shipwrecked, left for dead, stoned. Like he was challenged. So don't expect to be an actual believer and not be challenged. That doesn't mean you go around looking for a fight, you know. That doesn't mean you're doing that. But you just, you don't have to go around looking for a fight. Trust me, the devil will bring them to you. Don't believe for extra ones, right? But when they come, know what the word says so that you can be free and walk in truth. And many of you have heard this story, but we had some people at the church some years ago and they would, they would, you know, they were great. And then they weren't. And they came to us and we had a meeting and, and, and it was like, in the meeting it went awesome. They're like, they were really irritated and frustrated. And they had, this, they had this meeting with us and in the meeting everything went awesome. And at the end of the meeting their words were, we don't really have a problem, do we? And Nicole and I were like, 
I can't see a problem. I can't see a problem with that. I don't see anything. Like, I'm not seeing what you were seeing in that. And so we went away. We hugged. You know, we, it was love, lovey and everything. It was awesome. And a week later, they're ticked again. I'm like, what happened? What happened? A month later, we meet again. We have a meeting. We talk. Everything's great at the end of the meeting. They say it again. We don't really have a problem, do we? I was like, no, I don't think so. I can't find anything. I can't find anything that is actually an issue when we talk about it. like and then and they we hug and love each other and go away. A week later they're mad again. I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? A month later we have another meeting. Same outcome. A week later, they're mad again. Am I telling the truth? Y'all know the story. You were there. And and so they're mad again. I'm like, what is the deal? Why, what is going on? A couple of months later, they're getting ready to leave. They had decided they're leaving. The Lord sends them a dream. And in the dream, basically tells them, point blank, do not leave Boomerang. Point blank. And they knew it and told us about it and left anyway. And I was like, how is that possible? I'm like bewildered. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Like, I'm, now watch. In the meeting, there was logic. They got it. But see, they went away with logic, but they didn't carry the anointing with them. The difference was, when they came in front of us, we were carrying a culture of the anointing and of power. And when the anointing was there, it shines the light on darkness and they could see things clearly. But in their home, they had created a culture of negativity, thinking on the wrong things, not taking their thoughts captive. And and they got completely deceived again. And I'm like bewildered by this. This is like crazy to me. Well, it's happened multiple times. We had another meeting. Somebody else did the same thing. They're really, really mad at me. And at the end of the meeting, they're crying, snot, flying, everything. I'm hugging them. Like this is a grown man, you know. I'm hugging. They're like boo-hooing in my arms, you know, getting stuff. I had to wash my clothes, you know. Anyway, and they repent. And at the end of the meeting, they say, we're with you. We're not going anywhere. We're not leaving. Fifteen minutes later, I get a text. We're done. We're never coming back. Like, like what happened in that 15 minutes? I mean, this was really like, as a pastor, I'm like, what in the world is this? How does this happen? And the answer is, they didn't have the right culture of truth and the anointing. And they had allowed a culture... To, to question everything, to be critical, to think, think wrongly, to be jealous. They didn't allow a culture of the anointing and the negative atmosphere and culture caused them to be completely deceived, even to leave where they're planning, uproot themselves and go somewhere else. And it, of course it hurt our heart. But I was like, Lord, how does this happen? And then he took me to the story of King David before he was king and King Saul was chasing them, trying to kill them. And so King Saul's trying to kill them. They're in the cave. David has King Saul at his mercy, can easily slay him. He, all of his men, all of his elders are like, kill him, kill him, kill him. Kill him, 
Don't wait. Kill him, David. Kill him, kill him. Right? And David's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I love that. I love that. Because David basically said, I'm not going to take this throne by, the, by my hand. God will have to install me. I humble myself to the man that's on the throne right here. I'm letting God do his work. Oh my God. And did God do it? Did God do it? But here in this moment, here's the thing though. If you read the Bible, who was carrying the culture of the anointing? David was carrying. Who wasn't carrying it? Saul had lost the culture of the anointing. And here comes David. And while Saul is with David, what happens to him? He sees everything clearly. Everything clears up. He repents. He repents to, to David. He says, I'm so sorry. You're not against me. I'm leaving you alone. A week later, what's he doing? He's trying to kill him again. Why? Because in the culture of the anointing, things could be seen for truth. But as soon as King Saul left that culture of the anointing, the, the sheet came back over his face. And this didn't just happen once, it happened twice. And I went, oh my goodness, King David had the same thing going on. This is a spiritual thing. And it has everything to do with the culture that you allow yourself to have. Can you see that? And in the end, that wrong culture on King Saul led to an early death. And I've watched that same thing happen, even in the stories I've told you about. Because in the anointing, and the culture of the anointing is life. Remember uh, Acts 17, 28? In Him, we live. In the culture of Him, we live. Not in the culture of feeding the flesh but in the culture of serving Him. Which means, doesn't the Bible teach us that the things of God and the kingdom of God are going to look foolish to men? Yeah. Doesn't it clearly say that? So why are we surprised when God does something and our corrupted flesh goes, what is that? I don't know if I like that or not. This is just, like, that's crazy. Like, why are we surprised by that? Now, I'm not saying go out and do something that, that God hadn't told you to do. That's why it's very important to get a relationship with God so that you're not doing soulish, logical things thinking it's God. And that's happened to a lot of people. That's why you want to have a pastor and, and discernment. And you want to be able to check things and stop just running with every thought that goes through your head. Many Christians do that and they mess up. But we need a culture... Of power. Let's go back to it. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. But the kingdom of God, doesn't he say, what does he tell us to pray in, in Matthew 6 and verse 10? Lord, your kingdom come where your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's literally commanding us to pray with faith because we should pray no prayer without faith. Pray with faith and expectation that the kingdom's going to come in. Now, if we go back to 1 Corinthians 4.20 and the kingdom of God is in, not in word, 
but in power. And we're supposed to be praying and expecting the power of God to come in. That's the right culture. I'm expecting the power of God to flow. I'm expecting that everybody that came up received a restoration today. Not just some of them. Everyone. Everyone. Whether they felt it in their flesh or not. Because it's a spiritual thing. So we say, by faith, Lord, I believe I have received that. That's Mark 11. I believe I have received that. So the proper way for us to be an expectation of his kingdom coming on earth is that power is really there, not just talked about. But in order for power to be there, we have to get rid of our flesh. Because the power of God doesn't sustain under the culture of a corrupted flesh. Let me say that again. The power of God does not sustain under the culture of a corrupted flesh. And so if we got people, it's like, hey, what time is it, man? Pastor's really going long. Don't expect power to keep flowing if you continue to think like that. So you've got to get to the place where you start going, all right, Lord, I, I give myself to you. And whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm here for you. That's why we, I'll, over time, and people learn it, it doesn't take them too long. Like, don't make Sunday afternoon plans with time frames. That's a bad idea if you come to this church. Because we might get done. Like, I'm literally thinking about finishing preaching before noon today. You know it's God. I'm not promising anything. (laughs) I'm just thinking about it. I'm just letting you know. I'm thinking about it. But that's not the norm. And if our norm is like, man, he's going too long, then you've let your flesh set the culture of your heart. And that means other people who haven't done that can receive the power and the anointing that's flowing, but you can cut it off. That's why in Nazareth, not many works were done, but there were a few because some people didn't see Jesus in the flesh. They saw him as the son of God. And they recognized the call and the anointing on his life, opened themselves up to the anointing, and the culture of heaven invaded their life, and he healed the few. But he didn't heal everybody there. Because your heart determines what's happening. So now if you think about this, if we are determined to have a culture of power and not just of logic. Now look, am I giving you logic today? I'm giving you heavenly logic. I'm giving you heavenly wisdom from the word of God. So it's not that we're void of logic. We're just saying you can actually have both. But if you have logic without power, you're missing it. But you can have power and logic too. A a minister should be a good teacher, but not be afraid to call everybody up and, and pray over all of them at one time that looks really weird and puts pressure on our flesh. So you want to have the fruit of the anointing manifesting, not just a good logical sermon. Because the the word says that when you preach the word, he says, I will work with my word preached with signs and wonders following. 
That's why we see the power of God here. Because we're preaching that word. We're not holding back. A lot of people are preaching the words on the page, but not the culture of the words on that page. And they're not imparting what's actually in that, in that supernatural book. They're imparting worldly logic, but not heavenly logic. Not a heavenly substance. We need to have a culture of power. And that means that we do the things that are necessary to maintain that culture without being uh, drugged back into the culture of the world. That means we constantly challenge our corrupted flesh and we make sure that we stay in that culture of power. Remember all the talk about tongues in, in 1 Corinthians 14? You talk, you got, and it's like, do this, don't do that, here's this and everything. But I love this that Paul wraps it all up by saying, don't forbid tongues. Don't forbid to speak in tongues. In other words, yes, there's some rules to it. Yes, there's some order to it. He said, but the biggest thing is, don't you dare shut it down. Don't you dare shut it down. So there can be order. People can miss it sometimes. But don't you dare shut that power down. Don't you dare. And that goes not just about tongues, but the anointing and the power. And this church represents, no, we can't shrink back to man's wisdom and man's logic on how to build a church because that's the quickest way to enter into religion and shut the power down. And we as believers have a responsibility to never do that because you don't need my logic. You need the power of God. You need the anointing. Because trust me, I've tried to logic people in counseling for hours upon hours. And they go do the same thing. But they'll come up for prayer under the anointing. And I'll say the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden their life changes forever. Because it's not logic that's our savior. Jesus, the anointed one, he's our savior. And we need a touch from him. And when a church will take on the culture of power, when the church will take on that culture of power, then all of a sudden it will shine like the sun. It will be the pillar that lifts up above everything else, that lifts up above the shroud of the attacks of the enemy. It will be a covering. That church that stays in the culture of power will be a covering that holds back the enemy. It will be the pillar of truth holding up the cover of God, the anointed protection over the people. And in that atmosphere, they can all walk with power. And Mark 16 can come to pass. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not just for one. It's not just for one. It's not just for one pastor. It's for every believer. Come up here. It's not just for one. Right now, in the name of Jesus, the Lord just told me to pray this. Hold your hands out. In the name of Jesus, these hands 
Through them are going to flow more power than you've ever seen in your life. I declare in the name of Jesus a release of the supernatural power of heaven in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a transfer and a flow of your anointing into this fleshly vessel that will release the culture of heaven everywhere he goes in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. An activation of the power of God. An activation of the release and the flow. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You'll never be the same. From this day forward, Kevin, you will never be the same. Never. Never. Church, you're in the same receiving line. You're never going to be the same. See, when you get revelation of these things, you just start thinking different. You start acting different. And you're okay when the flesh gets challenged. You're okay with that. Let me tell you something. I'm going to have to mute my mic, but I'm loud enough you'll be able to hear me. I just don't want to broadcast it yet. I don't want to broadcast it yet. Because there's other people involved. Listen, the other day, y'all know, uh, thank y'all so much for the birthday party. That was so awesome. I, I was overwhelmed. I still don't know what to think or say about it. Y'all are awesome. I was talking to, talking to somebody. I was, well, actually, I was talking to Jose and Billy yesterday. And um, I, we were talking about Pastor Eddie down in South Carolina. And... Um, we were talking about how it's such a great church there at Faith Family Church. And Pastor Eddie's an awesome pastor. And those people are blessed. See, they've applied the word. They've kept that culture of power. Now they got millionaires in that church. they got people being healed. I mean, all over the place. It is a culture of, of the kingdom of God. And, uh, and I was telling them, I was like, their people really blessed, Pastor Eddie. I said, our people are some of the best in the world. He's just been doing it longer than us. But we got some of the best givers and yeah. sowers in the world in this church. Yeah. And so I, I am so blessed. We, we are so blessed by your heart Amen. to sow. And, and so we had the birthday party. And uh, many of you know that Nicole had uh, saved up money to take me on a dream vacation to go see the Grand Canyon. So after the birthday, after that sun, Sunday, we got on plane, went out to the Grand Canyon and um, it, was, uh, it was awesome because we had enough, I had enough airline miles with all the trips that the Holy Ghost has me going on. We could take the whole family just on miles. Amen. That was like, amen. Glory to God. Thousands of dollars we didn't have to pay for that. And uh, anyway, we're going out there and uh, just, it just, you know, how when you're operating with God, things just seem to work. And that place of easy and light, you want to find that place and stay there. And that has to do with the culture of power. But I think it was the day we were getting back. I was, I was getting ready. I think I was brushing my teeth. And I was standing in front of the sink looking in the mirror. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. And I haven't told most of y'all this yet. But the Holy Spirit said, because if you don't know it, you know, we broadcast every weekday on what's the word. We broadcast every weekday. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, yeah, I will, I will, thank you. 
um, he said, there are very influential people who are watching your broadcast now and it will begin to increase right now. Very influential people who are about, well, praise God. I know I want people to be affected by, I want their lives to change. We sow that broadcast into it. What we're doing throughout the weekday is very, very important. And I heard that word. I was like, praise God. Because you want the favor of God on something. You want to get to a level. And remember, Brother Tracy, I believe, was talking about this is the Jubilee year where things, the, the, the debt falls off and the weight falls off. And you just fly in the favor of God. And 50 represents the ultimate Jubilee. And, and praise God, I'm 50. Glory to God. But it, um, anyway, I'm sitting there and I hear that word. Well, a day or two later, I knew something was in the works. But a day or two later, I get a phone call, and, uh, and, it, and it basically says this. Hold on. Understand this, that the whole process of God and the kingdom of God is he pours out the blessing on the head and then to the beard and then to all the fringes of the robe. Understand this. It's not a lesser anointing. It's the same anointing. And when the head is blessed, yeah. 
then all of a sudden the elders are blessed and the body is blessed. And it is not a lesser anointing. It's a kingdom of power that's not running out of power. It's the same favor. Y'all, listen, listen. As a body, you want your leaders moving into their jubilee. You want them moving into that place because it affects you directly. It affects your business. It affects what you set your hands to. You know what we were talking about last week at the table? I believe you're going to start seeing some favor, some golden things come into your hands of favor of God. I'm not alone in this. This is how it works. This is how it works. And that's what happens when you start operating. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I like this. I'm a preach to them. This is how it works. And when you're in expectation, that kingdom of power and that favor flows into you. Your thing that you face this week, it's nothing. It's nothing. Don't even worry about it. That's, that's what I've gotten in my spirit. Don't even worry about it. It's handled, God says. It's handled. Do you receive it? <laughs> It's handled because we're in a different phase. We're in a different time. We're in a different level of favor because we've been diligent with the kingdom of power and installing his culture. We're in a different place. I'm telling you, do you receive it? We're in a different place. And you can even tell it, even if you've been here for 10 years. It's a different level, Barrett. It's, a diff- it's the stuff you've dreamt about, the stuff you've prayed and seen in the Spirit. It's happening now, 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 now. It's a different place. It's exciting. It's exciting. God's moving. He's doing great things. It's not a kingdom that's impotent. It's not a kingdom where there's no power and there's no multiplication. And listen, understand this. Have Nicole and I sown into this happening? Absolutely. For almost 15 years we've been sowing and a lot of that time when nobody was excited about it. But we're not at that place now. There's a body here that's excited about the things of God. That's after the things of God. That's sowing into the things of God. Not just boomerang. They're sowing into the kingdom of God. Listen, you have a right to harvest as long as the earth remains. Seed time and harvest will remain. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. You're entering in, you're in the right place of the right, you ever wanted to be that? Right place at the right time? When you get around people that know what they're doing in the kingdom, and you can tell that by the fruit. Y'all have all seen. You've all seen the miracles over the last few months. Creative miracles. Brand new lungs. Doctors say you don't have 50% of your lungs. They're not functioning. You don't have access. Brand new lungs. Cancer falling off of bodies. MS. Doctors saying you got to take this off your record because you don't have it anymore. Feet. Broken feet. Bones broken. Doctor verified. Healed. 
Well, he doesn't just do it in his body, in bodies, physical bodies. He does it in his spiritual body. He heals you. He heals your finances. He brings favor to you. It's a kingdom of power. It's God's kingdom. We just get to be benefit beneficiaries. We're benefited by it. Praise the Lord. He didn't have to include us, but 